Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. So hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. Usually when Anna and I record the podcast, we have a little chat beforehand to discuss what we're going to talk about. We usually have a theme and a topic and something that we're going to generally cover. And today we have not spoken about any specific topic or theme. So we are just literally going to have a chat and see what comes up. So what do you want to talk about, Anna? <laughs> yeah, I have literally just like received my grocery delivery from the Ocado man, logged into Zoom, and we've just pressed record. So we are completely <laughs> unprepared. Shay is drinking chai tea. So I said to Anna, I was like, Warren has just got back from his fishing trip and he has brought me this really good rooibos chai tea. And at the moment, I have been doing a little stint of giving up caffeine. And it's been surprisingly difficult. I gave up coffee probably, when was it? Two years ago. When you did the gut reset. No, 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 no. It was actually on when I did my second teacher training in India. Oh, oh yes, yeah. yes. I gave coffee up for five weeks then and it didn't affect me at all. Like I had no symptoms. I didn't crave it. I didn't feel like I needed it. Like it was just completely, it was so easy. Like I felt like to give it up was so easy. And that's why I was like, oh, I'm not dependent on coffee at all. So when I actually did the gut reset, I eliminated for two days and I was like, oh, I don't have any symptoms. And I just added it back in because it wasn't affecting me because I know, oh, I'd given up for five weeks and I didn't get any sort of side effects or repercussions from it. So 
it's my system's good with it. But now as I've given it up, this is the fourth day and I've had such like bad headaches and like, honestly, it's been like a really, really big challenge. And I think the difference between giving it up now versus giving it up in India is that now I am very much in my regular routine and coffee is one of those things that becomes part of your routine. So it's like you wake up and you have breakfast and then, oh, you have this coffee and there's like this little spike of energy that comes into your day, not from a caloric sense, but more from, or it, I mean, obviously it does, but more from like a energetic sense. I can definitely feel like my days feel almost like they are a little bit flatlined. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but it's like coffee is definitely that little spike of like joy. Yeah. It's like <laughs> joy, exactly. I don't know, and I'm like, how am I going to find my joy? <laughs> So yeah, I I promise you, I've been walking past coffee shops now. I, Just a, smelling the air. Oh, no, it's so <laughs> been so real. <laughs> there's a coffee shop. I teach a private client on Thursday mornings before we podcast, and I, it's my special once a week treat to have this cup of coffee from this one little coffee shop that's beautiful little boutique store. And I walk past, and I'm like, I can see the people. They're like my mates in the store, and I'm like walking past. They're smelling the air, going. So beautiful in there. <laughs> so why give it up? What's the reasoning behind this little break with coffee? Um, I actually was trying to think about that and the reason why. And just something in me internally was just like, you need to give this a rest. And I was like, I don't know where this is coming from, but I feel like I just need to listen to it and give it a little break and see what comes. And I think maybe it's just that Obviously, we know that it helps with sleeping, which I do struggle with in general. Not that I drink a huge amount of coffee. I have one cup in the morning and maybe one cup in the afternoon, probably a decaf usually at that stage. So not a huge amount. Like I, I don't think it's like I'm not something that it's like I'm dependent on and I need my five cups a day to keep me going. Like It's not like that. But I've just been interested in, from an energetic sense, like okay, this is like a stimulant that's creating a little bit of a trigger or some kind of response in the body. So I'm just curious about it at this point. And I don't think it will be a thing that I give up forever because I can't give up my joy forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been a curious, interesting thing. And I've actually got a load of, I shared on Instagram on Indie Yoga Life about that I'm doing this and I'm curious just to test it out. And I've had such useful recipes and things that have come my way as substitutes for coffee. So one of the things is cacao with um, coconut water and you heat up the coconut water with a teaspoon of raw cacao. So I quite like that. I haven't tried that one yet. The other thing was a combination of nutmeg, cinnamon, cloves, and a little bit of date paste, which you make into a paste and then you heat up with either milk or water. Another one said there's a chai blend that you can get, which is something that I've been looking at. And I've ordered some chicory, which may be arriving today. It's apparently a really like good coffee substitute, which is like a herbal thing. And I thought it was arriving on Tuesday and I promise you, I'm like, sitting there waiting for this chicory to arrive like a little bit of like this like <laughs> clinging on to when this chicory is gonna arrive and it hasn't arrived it's supposed to come today though so i'll let you know how chicory goes when i test that out so yeah, yeah. let us know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but otherwise how are you anna what's been going on in your world yeah i'm definitely still drinking coffee just before <laughs> we move on to me i just wanted to say on this whole coffee thing is because i've been doing intermittent fasting now for the past five months or so i might only have lunch some days at like 12 o'clock or one o'clock so for me like coffee is like the only thing that i would have in the morning until i actually eat something apart from water so if i was to give it up 
it would just be so sad. (laughs) (laughs) But, But it's, yeah, it's so interesting how it becomes like that little pig in your day. It's like, you have that anchor, like maybe at seven o'clock when you wake up or eight o'clock, like coffee is like the anchor that pegs you into the next half segment. And that's what I've found it was becoming. Mm. No, and I completely agree. For me, it's much more of a psychological addiction. I mean, if you want to call it an addiction, I mean, it's probably not as as bad as that, but it is a psychological attachment, Mm -hmm. more so actually than a physical one, because that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is to make that cup of coffee. And then I sit down and then I just kind of like ground myself into the day. And then I'll do my yoga practice or, you know, whatever else I'm going to do that day go for my walk or whatever's coming up for me. So I have actually been thinking this week because I changed the brand of coffee we were buying to a slightly cheaper one because I like to buy organic coffee and the one that I was buying was just quite expensive and I changed to a cheaper brand. But then I was just thinking, this doesn't even taste that nice. Like I'm not actually even enjoying it. It's just a complete habit. So now I've actually this week I bought the more expensive one. So I'm <laughs> going to give that a go. But I was also thinking like, could I just have a green tea in the morning? Because I love green tea and obviously it's very good for you. And I drink green tea throughout the day, but there is just something about that cup of coffee that is just mm-hmm. so amazing. Mm. What I've worked it out as for me is like coffee is like a comfort. It's become like very much like a comfort thing. Like I know like yesterday I had some graphic work to do. And one of the things that is so associative for me, and that's I think where the psychological habits and the psychological dependency comes in is when it's like you pair it with things. So for me, I'm like, okay, I wake up in the morning, do my things, have my coffee. And then I make a cup of coffee and I go and settle into my work. Like I do my graphic work and it's really like this enjoyable thing where I have my cup of coffee and it's like delicious and I'm doing my graphic work and it's like settling in. And yesterday when I had this graphic work to do, I was like, um, but what am I going to drink now? Like, how am I going to like chicory? Apparently it's a root. I was telling this to the ladies at book club. Apparently they were like, isn't chicory like a lettuce? Like, are you going to like boil the leaves and stir it into a pot? And I was like, had visions of myself like (laughs) trying to boil up leaves. Apparently so is chicory, is it the root of the chicory lettuce? Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Yes, so Learned something right. new today. Yeah, so it's the root and they grind. And apparently it's very Parisian that they actually blend the coffee with chicory. So it's like got a really like roasted flavor. So I'm interested to try it. I'll let you guys know when I've tried it. So do I have to get some chicory coffee in for when you come to stay to run the marathon? Well, this is what I was thinking. I was like, this probably wasn't the best time to give it up and change something in the system. Then I was thinking, you know, if I give caffeine up and then I have it on the day of the race, then I'm going to run so fast. (laughs) You'll be like Turbo Bunny. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you next weekend. Yeah. It's so weird that I remember when we recorded the podcast about you talking about the physical challenge and, you know, things to think of when you're doing a physical challenge. And now that moment in time has come. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, so next weekend, I'm going down to stay with Anna in Bournemouth, which I'm really looking forward to. And I'm running the Bournemouth Marathon, which is crazy. Like, I think my head is still like, are you really going to do this? Like, (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But yeah, it's been a really good journey, I guess. I'm feeling excited for it, a little bit nervous, but mainly excited. And, and how has your training been going? Because I know you shared a little bit on Instagram about you did, I think one of the posts I read, you shared about doing your 32K run. So generally, how do you feel that's gone? 
It's gone really well. The 32K run was very slow and I took it easy. I went by myself. And after that run, the next day I was like off and I was like, felt really good. It felt really like amazing. My body, I didn't feel like any kind of aches or pains. I stretched a little bit, but probably not enough. Then that following Tuesday, I went for a short run and I think I just ran a little bit too fast, too quickly and started getting shin splints. And I was like, oh no, I can't be this close to the marathon and now suddenly get shin splints. So I stopped running and completely walked. And that Thursday, I went to a physio and she just said, you know, look, you've got tight glutes that may be causing the shin splints and maybe you didn't release them enough after the run. And it could just be, as you mentioned to me, like a little bit of inflammation that's still in the system. So I've rested it. And this weekend, I did a 17K run the other day, which was also fine. So hopefully it's back to good back to normal. And then I'm tapering off and have the long run next Sunday. I think the the interesting thing has been the reason why I did the marathon or signed up to the marathon in the first place is that I wanted to test this upper limit that I have of my belief that I can only run this certain level. And that was the whole reason for doing it. And whether I complete the marathon or not, I mean, I'm hoping to obviously complete the marathon, but I've already proved that to myself. Like I have tapped into that new belief system that says you can do this. I mean, I never thought that I'd be able to run 32 kilometers. And it's also been really interesting to me from a mindset perspective and the judgments that I have about myself needing everything to be perfect and needing everything to be absolutely the best. And if I'm not going to do it and achieve the best results, then I'm not going to do it at all. And I think pre path of love, if I had arrived at this point and felt like, Oh, I might have to like take the marathon really slowly. I might have to be like stopping at the water tanks and like, not really like going full tilt the whole way and like running my best quote unquote the whole way that I'm just going to disengage from it and feel like, Oh, I'm actually not, I'm not really motivated to do it. I'm kind of lost interest and I'm not going to do it. And at this point now, like if I do have to walk a little bit of the marathon, like that's okay. Like that's okay. And I think previously, like I would never have been able to do that because if I'm not, it's not going to be perfect. Then I'm just not, I'm, I don't want to put myself out there and then appear that it's not going to be the best thing. So it's been a very interesting mind perspective thing as I've done this. I mean, this is definitely the most physically challenging thing I've probably ever done. So yeah, I'm proud of myself at this point. Like I feel, I feel like I've overcome some things within myself on this training reason. I get the runner's like mindset and I get the mental game of it all. Like, you know, someone was saying to me post 20Ks or whatever it is, it's like a mental game. It's like just mental. And I'm like, oh, I don't really think so. I think you have to train and all this. And obviously you do, but there is a lot of it that's like, what do you believe about yourself and what feels okay and what feels safe to do the distance without having to achieve, achieve, achieve. So that's definitely been my learning from it and my takeaways from it. So we'll see what happens next weekend. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Whatever happens, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, other than that, yeah, Warren's gotten back from his fishing trip. So we are enjoying some time together. We haven't really spent much time together in the last couple of weeks. So it's been nice to have him home, even though it is also nice to have the house to myself. <laughs> I love having the house to myself. I think it's because I really like peace and quiet. So when I'm at home, like for ages, I didn't even know how to turn the TV on. So if I wanted to watch TV, I'd have to message Ben and be like, can you tell me how to turn the TV on? And he would do these like 
take photographs of the remote controls and then like use an app to like annotate them and like it's this button then it's this button and I just have those saved on my phone so I don't have to message him all the time yeah but it's just a testament to how often I would actually just go and turn the tv on I much prefer just to like maybe put some music on or just have like complete silence and read my book or do whatever so yeah I really love the peace and quiet of having the house to myself and the fact that there's no one else making a mess yeah. And it's so funny because also I feel like the house just gets messy so quickly, but at the same time, like Warren is probably the neater one of us too. And I'm like, how's this happening? <laughs> but yeah, I guess when I'm by myself, there's just only one person making mess. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's less overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or kombucha and color will send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over a hundred pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28 day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or Kombucha and Color, Kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. So how is the retreat stuff going for you? So I haven't really done much on it. Like since I announced it through my mailing list and in my Grounded Goddess community, I've had quite a lot of people reach out to me. I think I had about 20 people reach out for more information. It's still a while away now. And I think just coming off the back of summer, I think most people aren't necessarily ready to fully commit yet, but I've had a couple of people sign up. I've had a lot of interest and I'm just letting it flow. I made the decision this week just to really take a lot of pressure off of myself like how you were saying about the marathon and how before there would have been so many rules and expectations about how things should be and if thing and if you couldn't meet those rules and expectations then you're like oh what's the point kind of thing well that's classed as a failure and I can definitely recognize so much of that in myself well it's so much of the old shame <laughs> in myself and yeah I think I've been seeing a spiritual coach who's local to me in Bournemouth who's kind of like a life 
life coach slash intuitive slash healer slash tarot reader slash astrologist. A really, really amazing guy. He's very, very intuitive, which means there's nowhere to hide either. <laughs> He's in my mind. No, it's like there's no bullshitting. <laughs> he can see straight through the bullshit. And that has been really helpful for me because I really just felt like I needed someone to talk to who could hold that space for me. He's kind of said to me, like, I just need to give myself more, more space and more time to process. It's been a very intense year on many different levels. And I definitely noticed when I came back from my holiday, which we spoke about in the previous podcast, I've just really, really been struggling with social media. I just feel like I just, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to post. I don't know how to connect with people. I just feel very, very withdrawn internally. And so I think I was just fighting with myself a little bit on that, thinking, oh, you know, I need to stay visible, kind of, you need to keep on posting, you need to make sure that you're serving people, da, 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 da. And uh, I just, yeah, after having this coaching session, I just decided that like, I'm just going to take that pressure off of myself and just stop, <laughs> just stop all the stuff that I've been doing. And it's amazing how much more time you get back in your day. And this week has actually been quite a busy week for me anyway, because I've had a lot of client appointments booked in. And so there has been quite a lot occupying my time, but at the same time, I've also had more time, even with the client appointments on the side. And it's very, very strange to me because I can see now how much I was just like numbing with this like busy work. And what it's revealed is almost like this low level of anxiety in a way and have just come on in my cycle. So there's also like hormonal stuff that you could probably throw into the mix. So it's a little bit difficult sometimes to discern what's what, but I can notice that there's like this little bit of a low grade anxiety just there in the background. And I'm kind of just looking at it going, Oh, okay. I can see, like I can see how it would be so easy to just go and do something now on my laptop or fill that space. But I've really just been enjoying reading books and doing my little infrared sauna, which I love to do. It's been very rainy, but I've still managed to get out for some walks on the beach. I've been doing cooking and recipe creation. And yeah, it's just interesting to watch myself with these changes. So that's where I'm at mm, right now. Mm, mm. I definitely resonate with so much of that. And especially like the social media thing, like it's totally an addiction. And for me, like I'm definitely like addicted to social media, hundred percent. Like, but also there's a part of me that gets a little bit of enjoyment from it. Like I love sharing and I love creating for that purpose. So it's like, and also then you always can find an easy way to, I guess, justify it for yourself, justify the addiction for yourself by saying, oh, but I run a business online. So therefore I have to do all these things and I need to do all these things. So yeah, it's so interesting. So is there any element of enjoyment that you get from any aspect of the social media? You know, it's so interesting because to be completely honest and transparent, just because I'm not posting doesn't mean I'm not on it. <laughs> and so I'm still catching myself browsing at stuff. Interestingly, I find that I'm not on it as much, but I still am on it and browsing and looking at things. But a lot of it is mostly mindless. Mm. And it's been, I think maybe that's highlighted to me. I maybe need to just go through my feeds and refine stuff and follow and unfollow and kind of um, curate things maybe a little mm. bit more. Mm. So what's going into my conscious and unconscious mind is a little bit more in alignment, but I can definitely notice how things that I see trigger me, especially, I think we've spoken in the past about not comparing your winter to someone else's summer. When I see other people who have their own businesses online who are posting a lot and thriving and doing really 
really well. And I'm very much in their summer period and I'm very much in my retreat, my winter period, and then comparing those two and then having to catch myself again and just be like, you know, they're just different seasons right now. Mm. So there has been all of that going on, which is, which is quite interesting. Mm. It's so interesting what you're saying about that comparison thing, because there's a friend who was actually at university with me and we've only recently reconnected in the last week or so. And we're actually meeting up for coffee next week. And she said to me, she was like, oh, I'm just so like impressed that like you're just doing so well. And in my head, I thought, what has given her that indication? Like we haven't checked in on each other since university, so that's six years, whatever. So she is basing her impression of me doing well in my business based on a number that she sees perhaps on Instagram, which is that an accurate representation? I don't think so. I don't know. Like it's like, it, or depends, it depends who knows? how, who knows? And that, or it depends what you are classifying as success. If maybe it's a lifestyle thing or maybe it's a, I don't know, but it's just, it's, it's a very interesting thing because you can't base success for somebody who's maybe you're seeing on Instagram. And as you said, they're these beautiful curated feeds and they got thousands and millions of followers. Like it's just impossible to compare. And if I think to myself, if I always compare myself to yoga girl, I'm never going to have 2 million followers on Instagram. So never say always, never. we'll never say never, but like oh, highly unlikely, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like, that's never going to happen. So you may as well just take that off the table and just be yourself. <laughs> yeah. Just be love, right? <laughs> love, be love. Exactly. exactly. All comes back to that. The yeah. other thing I just wanted to share as well is the biggest, I think, driver for me often is like when I'm putting myself out there is because yes, this is how I earn a living. This is how I pay my bills. This is how I feed my cats. So, you know, there is this financial motivation to post online and attract an audience and get clients and have that sort of financial income. So taking a step back is really scary because I'm like looking at the money I need to learn between now and the end of the year. And I'm like, where's that going to come from? And if I'm not posting online, like it's, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to get any business. So, you know, the stories that you create for yourself. And my coach said to me, just ask the universe to help you just like surrender it all to something bigger than you. And I think, you know, very seldom we ask for help and let alone to the universe. <laughs> it's hard enough just to ask someone, you know, for help in your everyday life. And so on Monday morning, I actually did some journaling and then I wrote the the post that I did on Facebook and my email list about like, you know, this process of just like letting go and falling apart and surrendering. And then after I put it all out there, I just went for a walk on the beach and I just was walking along on the sand next to the ocean. And there is something really magical when it's like really windy and the ocean's a little bit wild and there's just like this, the ocean is beautiful in all its different states, but there's this lovely energy when it's just all a little bit wild. And I was just walking along next to the ocean and I was like, right, I'm going to ask. I'm just going to like all these things that are on my mind. I'm just going to ask the universe for help. And I did. And I just got like goosebumps all over my body, which for me is you know, who knows what it is. But for me, it's kind of like a sign that I'm tuning my energy into whatever it needs to be tuned into. And that very day, like I got through two new applications for people who wanted to work with me. And, you know, who knows where they came from, but they came. And that was just when I had 
taken that step back and said, I'm just not doing this anymore. I'm just surrendering this to something else. So Mm. there are no coincidences. Mm, I love that. And when you're open to be able to see it like that, then that's when you notice the synchronicities like that, which I think is so beautiful. But I had such a lovely like chest opening feeling when you're talking about that because the heart chakra is connected to our sense of trust. So it's about can we trust and can we surrender into this rather than close it up and resist and feel like we are fighting against something that maybe isn't working or maybe isn't serving us in a way that feels really good. So it's like, oh, having that like space and ability to surrender, to trust. And I think the hard part is the, the trusting element. And I'm busy planning a retreats or a day retreats on the 9th of November at Recenter. And I wanted to do like a whole intuition led thing with um, creating some angel cards and it's going to be like a really creative practice. I'm I'm still like finalizing details on that day. But one of the things that I've been thinking about angel cards and tarot cards, as you were saying with your intuitive healers, like I think that these cards on the one hand, they are beautiful cards and things that you can pull on, but really they are just tools and keys for you to be able to trust the wisdom that is already internal within you. But I also think it works the other way. So on the one hand, you can have this internal knowing, this internal wisdom, and you pull this angel card, which is external, and then that like solidifies your internal knowing. Or you pull in a card, which is external, and that kickstarts the internal knowing that you have. So it's like it goes both ways. And I think that's where a little bit of that magic comes in. And maybe there is divine timing or synchronicity in which card that you pull and what it means to you. But you can, if you are in tune with what you really need, you can pull any meaning from any card and relate it to what it is that you truly need to know. It just gives us that external permission or validation to trust. Because we're so disconnected from our bodies, we don't have the ability to trust because we're not tuning into, does my heart feel open and expansive as I'm sitting in this option? Does my heart feel closed, tight, or is there shortening in this option? And if you can really visualize yourself in, if you're making a decision, if you visualize yourself in those two different options and you tune into the body how does it feel that's where the answers come in but because we're so disconnected from the body we can't trust it yet we don't have the ability to really trust it because there's this dissonance between mind and body so yeah it's like a really interesting practice and yeah it's just there's so much magic in the universe but I think the magic is already in us (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think we tend to go come back to saying some of those sorts of things again and again on the show, but it's like that, even though the body is a very physical, like earthly thing, we need it so much to receive those messages from, you know, the less earthly things. Mm-hmm. You're asking for, you're seeking that, what tarot reading or angel reading is or divination is seeking knowledge and wisdom from a higher source. But for me, I believe that higher source is already in you. And that's the whole mm. practice of yoga. It's like you have this Atman and this Brahman and it's like, you know, this universal consciousness that is within each individual vessel person, but it's also that same consciousness, that same universal essence that is within all things. So yeah, it's like Rumi has got a beautiful quote and I have a poster of this. It's like one of my favorite quotes ever. There's a saying that says, everything in the universe is within you. Ask all from yourself. And I just mm. love it so much. It's like something that I always return to again and again, like everything is within you. So 
take that if it's useful and inspirational for you. Yeah, I love that quote as well. And I think it just kind of loops all back around to what I was saying about just like taking that step back and giving myself space is that in order to access that universe, which is inside of you, you can't do that when you're just distracting yourself with a million different things. And I was actually going to ask you, because I've been reflecting on this, we had a chat before we actually started recording last week about Reiki and you've, I, don't, I hope you don't mind me sharing, we can hear mm. this out. Otherwise you've been, maybe, you've been thinking about possibly doing your Reiki training and we were talking about that. And um, one of the things Colleen, who's my Reiki master says is that it amplifies everything that is already there you know, good and bad. And so when I did my Reiki training, which is coming up to two years in end of October, beginning of November, that's when I really realized that I had to start slowing my life down. And if I think about what my schedule is like now, and I'm almost like, it's too much still, <laughs> um, versus what my schedule used to be, which is crazy. I don't even know like who I was back then. I can really see how those changes have evolved over time. And that's what David, my current coach, said to me. He said, like, if you're a healer, you have to be in balance. Part of your job is to maintain your balance, mm. which means that you can't work like a nine to five, you know, and some people do more than just nine to five, don't they? It's like eight till seven if you're in the city in London mm. or whatever. And so you can't, you, ca you cannot operate in that kind of specific traditional way of working because like 50% of your job is just to keep your balance so you can tune into yourself and, you know, hold space for others. So I was curious because you do a lot of things as well. You're teaching yoga, you've got your one-to-one -one clients, you're doing your graphic design, you're doing the retreat planning, which takes time as well. Like how many hours do you think you work in a day? Interesting because lately I've been feeling like, oh, I don't really work or at least my feeling is like I don't really work enough or at least the work that I'm doing is not the most important work or the most productive work, if that makes sense. So like I do a lot of like fluffy stuff, if that makes sense. I do like waste a lot of time, to be honest, like make no mistake, like I'm a scroller. <laughs> scrollers unite <laughs> but yeah actually that's something that I actually want to do like to track a few hours and actually see how many hours I work because yeah the things that you don't think take time do take a lot of time but just to circle back on this idea of making sure that you are balanced and having that ability to slow down and tune into your body a little bit more so that you can have that sense of trust with whatever's coming up. And for you, that looks like taking a step back from social media. And for me, maybe that's also a little bit of the subconscious of like giving up alcohol or not giving up, but like less connection to alcohol, taking out the coffee, like so that I'm really actually just tuned into the innate energy that's within me rather than having coffee. And that's like suddenly like now a spike of energy and I feel this, oh, but is that the situation, the environment, me, or is it the coffee? So yeah, interesting to think about that from a terms of like tuning inwards and finding that balance. And something that was resonating with me this morning, actually, that came up as like a visualization is if you think of yourself as a healer or a person or anybody, you have this nervous system, which if you think about like anyone's ever had a sore tooth where the nerve is exposed, speaking from my own experience. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like the nerves exposed and it's like very sensitive to touch. Like it's very, very exposed. So if you think about you standing up, you've got this spine and it's got the central nervous system and it's got these all exposed like tendrils. If you pull away everything. And then 
energetically, emotionally, all around you, let's just say that you've got this big fluffy cushion and it's like a bright green bouncy ball cushion that's like puffed up around you, like a big bubbly ball. And that is like, the more that you can create that big puffed up like fullness, which is what your energy healer is talking about being like in balance. Like when that's like puffy and expanded and it's like robust, it's then that's coming from having good sleep. It's coming from good nutrition. It's coming from not feeling depleted. It's coming from balancing your emotions. It's becoming from staying grounded, connecting to nature, all these things. Like that is what expands water like that is what expands that like big cushion around you so that your nervous system is not actually being damaged as people are having interactions with you or the environment is coming at you whereas if you are depleted if you have no balance of your emotions or if you have no way to process them if you are overwhelmed overworked stressed that little bouncy ball bubble around you is like really thin and it's porous and it's like all the stuff coming at you is like seeping into the nervous system, which is like triggering and it's like painful and it's like, ah, all the stuff is like high alert. So yeah, that's my little analogy for that. You know what that makes me think of is, I don't know if you've ever seen those like football games where everybody oh, is in yes. those big bubbles. <laughs> yes. And it's almost like, so the big bubbles protect you so you can kind of like run into each other yeah. and stuff and then nothing happens. But if I almost think of it like a, if somebody opens the hole and opens a little um, valve and starts to let the air out, then if people are running into you, you're going to feel it. And depending yes. on how much air seeps out, there's like, you're going to get battered, you're going to get bruised, you're going to get injured. And then what happens is then you need even more time to, yes. to kind of like allow yourself to heal and recover. Yes. Yes. And that and to further on that analogy is like, if you had this depleted ball that you were no longer able to function in this game, in order to blow up that ball, you have to take yourself off the field and sit mm. down and blow that ball. Like, and it's going to take a while to blow that ball up to the optimal, like bouncy stage. And like, you may blow it up a little bit and then be like, I'm ready to go back into the game. And then bash. And then all the air comes out and you're like, Oh no, I have to go back. <laughs> that's life. That's life. But that's, yeah, your that is life. That's, that's your aura. That like that energetic, like space that you're occupying is like your energetic field is your, I know I dived off the end there with some spiritual woo, but <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's about creating that buffer for yourself, which I think it's hard because life, right? Because life, <laughs> because life, full stop. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that is essentially like the work that we do in different ways. Like with my Grounded Goddess program, it's giving them all these tools to blow up that ball, whatever you want to call it. But it's not easy when you first start this work because mm. you have to create space. And if, you know, I think I've said on previous shows is like, if I think of my life two years ago before I did my Reiki attunement, and versus where I am now, it's taken two years to get to this point. And also it has been a very tough two years. I think with the, you know, the chronic fatigue that I've had is that that's almost been a necessary evil, so to speak, which has forced my hand because I just physically could not do more. And I'm very grateful for that actually, because it's helped me make the changes that I wasn't going to make unless life made things even more painful for me. Mm -mm. so interesting you say that because i was chatting to colleen this morning there's 
been quite a traumatic incident in South Africa with in connection to one of the women who came on my Move, Breathe, Create retreat. And it's just been, she's been moving through something really, really challenging. And I just, I said, I was like, I feel she needs to, to have a chat to Colleen and I've connected them and they've done some work together. And I was like, you know, just checking in, like, how's things going? And Colleen said to me this morning, she's like, pain is the greatest teacher. And I was like, that is that is on the money, like pain is the greatest teacher. And like, that is the thing and changes needs to happen. And pain is often the thing that drives us there. Mm, indeed. And, you know, sometimes we also do need to learn to inspire ourselves from pleasure, but what most people will do is they'll just so comfortable. And so sometimes the universe's way is to, to bring some pain along to you know, force, force your hand a little bit. Mm, mm, yeah. Well, this has been a very roundabout chat, hasn't it? We've covered so many random things. <laughs> I don't think it's random at all. I it's think it's life. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's life. life. <laughs> well, I'm looking so forward to seeing you next weekend, and I hope you're going to stand there with the big banner cheering me on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I might have to look for the banner. I thought Warren was bringing Warren it. Warren will bring the banner. <laughs> Which you probably made. You're like, Warren, can you yes, hold this I up actually, for me when I I'll do my own banner? I'll make my own banner and bring it for you guys to hold and cheer. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Um, so yeah, we'll catch up with you yeah. then. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state, and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com, where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind, 
along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative, manifesting state. Most Yoga Studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month, and you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com, where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community.